This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome to the show, everyone, and thanks for listening. Researchers from a variety of perspectives suggest a person can live just three days without water and up to three weeks without food. Now, that's a general guideline without consideration of many environmental factors. But it illustrates what Maslow was attempting to help us understand, and that is the important role food plays in our lives. This is why he placed food as the first priority within his hierarchy of needs pyramid. Food is on the same level as water and air. First, not second, and certainly not third. First. Maslow developed the pyramid to explain that people are motivated to achieve certain needs and that some needs take precedent over others. Our most basic need is for physical survival, and this is the first thing that motivates our behavior. Once that level is fulfilled, the next level up is what motivates us, and so on. Therefore, food first. Given that air and water PFAS aside, are generally available in Michigan, food becomes the priority need. Yes, it really is that simple. I want to say that I deeply appreciate the efforts of so many to do so much good across our state. For example, much is being invested in workforce development, early childhood education, and a host of other fantastic programming ideas to address the needs of our residents. I love it, and thank you. I have one thing to share with you all who are doing this great work across the state. Food first, not second, and God forbid, definitely not third. In fact, I submit for your consideration, you will reach a higher level of effectiveness in your programming goals if you have a component that screens for and meets someone's food insecurity needs first. Not second, certainly not third, first. I encourage you to partner with us, the Food Bank Council of Michigan, and our network of seven Feeding America food banks. Through this partnership, you will watch your effectiveness rise, your success measurements swell, and your satisfaction for achieving a long-term lasting difference pass even your grandest hopes. Join Jerry Brisson and me back here on Food First Michigan after this commercial break. Welcome, everyone. It's Food First Michigan here in uh, our original broadcast here. Jerry Brisson, uh, host as always. And Jerry, uh, how excited are you for this show? You know, I'm not only excited to be, you know, the very first Food First, which is pretty cool, but our first guest on Food First is one of my favorite people, Rachel Hurst from Kroger, and I'm so eager to get right into the conversation. Well, Food First is certainly on the minds and the hearts of Kroger, and Rachel, you are the Corporate Affairs Manager for Kroger, and uh, I have to say that with your partnership, personally and professionally, representing Kroger with the food banks, that um, it is a company with a, with a uh, character and conscience. Uh, it's a company that cares. Absolutely. 
I, um, I honestly couldn't be more proud to, of the work that we do, the company I work for. Uh, it's, it's not just um, an organization that likes to, you know, go and sponsor something or go and just, we're physically present and part of the solutions. Um, when we see a problem, we're part of creating the solution. And exactly that with food and, you know, food first, we couldn't be more proud of the work we do on the hunger side. Well, you certainly can see it here because when you open up your app for the conference, <laughs> it's the Kroger app. It's right. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's pretty present and visible and like right with us, so. Yeah, it's our first time um, really taking a larger step here at the conference. You know, attending has always been a very important thing, sure. um, but the app, so we're always trying to grow digitally as a company with our Kroger app, and we know that our consumers are more digitally engaged. So what better way than to sponsor the app? And, you know, as the guests here are becoming in a time of more digitally engaged atmosphere, and then the drop-down menu has our Zero Hunger, Zero Waste link. So right. you click right on it, and you, you learn about our great efforts with hunger there. Well, we've got to, we've got to cover that for sure during yeah. this uh, time with you, the Zero Hunger, Zero Waste. But I, I got it. You know, this is the, the policy conference. It, the state of Michigan shrinks really to the size of this parlor and porch. Yes. And uh, it's amazing the different conversations that you can have here. And Jerry and I started Food for Thought a couple of years ago, um, and now Food First Michigan. And uh, we did so so we could change the conversation mm -hmm. about food insecurity mm -hmm. across. What are some of the conversations you're having here? What are you trying to change as a result of your deeper involvement in the policy conference? You know, a, a lot of the conversations we're having are what are we doing about food waste? What what are policies mm. changing with food waste? One of the um, you know policies that I think needs to happen is date labeling. How are we doing a sell sure. by and a best buy? And right. why can't we change that? Because that that's waste. That's food waste that people don't realize that is still good product right. that ends up being thrown away. And, you know, when, you know, one, one in five, one in six children go to bed hungry, that loaf of bread probably wasn't bad or that milk probably wasn't bad. Right. And then they can't afford to go get more food because they threw something out that was perfectly good. Right. So and it's we, really like waste two times over. Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. And we see it in the people we serve too. It is a, it is a really important issue to them. When we, yep. even though we provide training and say, hey, look, this food is still good. It's yes. okay. Still, they go, Gleaners is distributing a product that's past date. And it's like, yes, we are. Because yep. past date doesn't mean past good. Exactly. But it's hard to, to convince people. Yes. And so it would really help, I think, mm -hmm. to, to actually have dates on there that yes. made more sense in terms of when it isn't good anymore. Yes. Uh, agreed. So when you think about food waste, and 43% of all food waste comes out of our refrigerators. Mm-hmm. Um, out of our homes, I wonder what the percentage is of sell-by, best-by date wouldn't be thrown out that would shrink that 43%. I, it's a good question. And I, I think that's something that really hasn't even been tapped into or, or talked about. But it's a conversation that should be had. And, right. and what are we doing with, you know, the education piece behind it, to Jerry's point. But it's like putting your milk not in the door right. because it shortens the lifespan of your gallon of milk. Sure. But keeping it in the fridge. But not everybody knows those simple tips right. and tricks. Exactly. Well, let's, let's talk about the, the big thing that I know has your heart, yes. which is zero hunger, zero waste, and the and, you know, we're so excited about that across our network and um, the partnership between Kroger and the Food Bank Council of Michigan and our seven meeting, Feeding America food banks here mm -hmm. in the state. 
just keeps deepening. It does. So as an organization in 2017, we really took a broad look at what are, what are we doing in over the 35 states across the nation? And then each state in which we operate, what are we doing in the neighborhoods we live and serve every single day? Right. We're in the food business, right? So, oh. you know, Kroger in Michigan helps 4,300 nonprofits. But what are we standing for as a, as a company if every state's supporting hundreds of different, and they're all great. Right. All nonprofits have a great, whether it's you know autism or MDA, whatever it is, but what are we doing with food? Right. And so Zero Hunger, Zero Waste started with this. It's really the epicenter of everything we do every day. The food waste right in our own stores. And how are we giving it to our Kroger partners with six of the seven in the state in our marketing area? And what are we doing with the food waste? So these food bank partners pick up food waste from us every day. And it's not food waste that you'd find in a trash can, right? It's mm-hmm. a blemished fruit. It's something right. that... a cardboard box might be busted open, but 5.3 million pounds of food last year in Michigan, just from our 120 stores. And that right there, the meals that it creates on top of the financial support that we give to the food banks truly is changing um, the face of hunger. And yeah, we're not, you know, ending hunger tomorrow, but we are truly making a difference and building awareness with other community partners about what are we all doing to get behind hunger. And so, you know, 40% of the food produced in the world goes to waste. And right here in in Michigan, it's the staggering number compared to my peers across the country. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible when you actually dig deep what you really, really find and I always talk to Jerry and we always talk um, offsite or on you know, TV or whatever we do with campaigns, but sometimes it's a trade-off. Hunger uh-huh. isn't just poverty in a street. Hunger is a trade-off between utility bills or medical, <laughs> right? Right. Absolutely right. Yep. And you've been an impact partner. And what I mean by that is, you know, you, you don't come and say, okay, here's what it is. Good luck. Mm-hmm. You know, you've sure. always been, or Kroger has certainly always been at the table saying, okay, what are you guys doing next? What do you think we should do mm-hmm. next? How can we do better? What are the, the new thoughts and, and ways of approaching this so that we can find um, even more synergy? So we're looking at healthcare. We're looking at education. We're looking at how do we take the work and maximize its yep. impact? Impact. And that's really important because in, 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 in to get the best results, you have to have partners that are going to be willing to have those conversations and continue to evolve. And innovate. Right, exactly. I mean, right. sometimes it's innovation of things. You know, I, I heard this really profound thing that just seems so simple, but I was talking to another nonprofit, uh, a, a food um, hunger initiative, if you will, and they said it's the last mile. We mm-hmm. can get food to places, but how do we get that last mile and how do we yeah. get it to the well, families? You're right. So I, I just want to say that, you know, you're Rachel Hurst and <laughs> you are the corporate affairs, affairs manager for Kroger, Michigan, mm-hmm. and you're our first guest on our I love rebranded <laughs> show, Food First Michigan, the Food First News Hour, here, heard here on WJR. And, um, you know, this partnership, it's very befitting that you would be our first guest because uh, I know professionally and personally this this mission means so much to you. It does. I feel so good going to work every day knowing that I believe in the cause that our company is fighting. It's, it's, it's not just my job. It is what I eat, breathe, and sleep because I believe in it. It's, it's a child going to bed hungry and I think of my own two kids and how blessed right. I am to be able to buy their next sure. meal. Um, but 
I, I believe in everything we do in working with folks like yourselves. I, I just, I'm very, I'm very blessed to work for an organization. When I think like about Kroger. the uh, state, the corporate, and the private partnership, so I would say the state of Michigan, a corporation like Kroger, and uh, food banks like Gleaners and the rest of our food banks across. Over the last five years, all of us working together, we've been able to reduce the food insecurity rate in the state of Michigan from 16.2% down to 14.2%. It's amazing. So you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of about 40,000 people who are no longer living under the toxic stress of food insecurity. It's amazing. I mean, and think about that, though. The, those families now, they know what it felt like, but they know how to fix and teach other people how to get help because right. they used to receive help. And it's, I just, I think that helping kids and knowing that, um, and I keep mentioning kids because they're our future. Yeah. They mm -hmm. are the future of the state of Michigan and corporations like Kroger. They're going to be our employees, right? right? And so we know that they thrive when they're not hungry. Right. And certainly we're hearing a lot about that at this conference as education keeps coming up, as the next generation of, of workers is being discussed vigorously. And that's part of the reason we're here is to say, you know, everything you want to be successful will be amplified if people are food secure. Yes. So we need to keep the, that's why food first. I mean, you know, so mentioning it several times, that's exactly right. But it's because we know that you amplify every other success by taking hunger off the table. Mm -hmm. Food first, always. Food, yeah. food creates a thriving person who's then thriving in the community to make a difference every day where they live and serve in the companies they work for or the families they're part of. Right. Well, you know, it's, uh, we hear a lot in the conference about uh, early childhood education, and our message to those great partners is food first. Mm -hmm. And yep. we hear a lot about workforce development, workforce retention, and our message to them is food first. Yes. And it doesn't matter if they're in the cradle to the grave and somewhere in between. According to Abraham Maslow, it's food first. Absolutely. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be food first. Well, thanks so much, Rachel, Thank for you. being our first guest on Food First Michigan. And um, she's Rachel Hurst. She is the corporate affairs manager for the Kroger Company. Um, and we're thankful for you and how you're investing your one handful of life in partnership with us. Thank you. Thank you both. Great to have you. Jerry and I will be right back in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. It's Food First Michigan. And uh, Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here in the parlor of the Grand Hotel at the Mackinac Policy Conference. And uh, Jerry, we're talking food first here. We are. And we're incredibly excited to have someone new to our show, uh, new to a very important job in the state of Michigan and somebody who we, well, we've met him at uh, Eileen. Uh, at Food Gatherers. Yeah. Yep. And, so, uh, and so we're getting acquainted and we're excited to do that and we're excited to introduce our audience to. Mr. Robert Gordon, the Director of the Department of Health and Human Services here for the state of Michigan. So, Director Gordon, welcome to Food First Michigan. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. 
So uh, we met at, as Jerry said, at food gatherers. Uh, you came on a tour and, uh, and then was on, served on a panel for their event there and did a wonderful job. And I told Jerry um, at that event, um, I've been around state government and uh, administrators and governors and, and everything. You ask a question when we, after the tour of the food bank, and I, I called Jerry between the tour and the panelists and said, I, Director Gordon asked probably the best question I've ever heard an executive leader ask. And this is what you said. We sat down to talk with you and you said, what do you need me to understand about your work? And I was so impressed by that leadership question and so appreciative. So I wanted to start this show off just by sharing my appreciation for you and your willingness to see things from our perspective. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Um, I think that's a question that, that uh, good leaders always ask because um, it's, it's a particularly important question for me because I'm new to Michigan. Um, but I think fundamentally the way we do our work is by supporting the people who are on the front lines. I lead a huge department. Um, I'm naturally very far from a lot of the people who are doing the work. And, and the way we will succeed is to understand the needs of the citizens and the residents who we're serving. And the best way to understand their needs is to listen to the people who are on the front lines, who are working with them every day, who see their problems and all their complexity in all their challenge. And I think if we listen really closely, then we can reshape the way we do our work and we can be much more effective. And that's what we want to do. We want to stand in the gap for folks that, in our estimation, have a bit more month than they do money. And uh, we're trying to take uh, at least one of the trade-offs off the table and take hunger off the table and replace it with access to healthy, nutritious food. And Jerry, you're leading those efforts in Southeast, but also as the chairman of the board for the f entire state food bank council. Well, and as we look at how we're reframing our work, and I think that your description of why that's such an important leadership question is really appropriate for the whole food banking I mean, nationwide, food banking is asking different questions. And we start from a different starting point. You know, when we first got into food banking 40-some years ago, the question was, who can help? You know, and so a lot of the systems were built based on who could help and how they could help. When can people show up in terms of the volunteers? And, and how do you... You know, how do you take advantage of the churches and other people's willing to raise their hand? But now we're really asking a different question, and that is, how do we reach the people that need help? And how do we reach them in a way that's the most uh, beneficial to them? So we're thinking of the people we serve as not needy people, but people worth investing in. And it changes the whole conversation when you, when you change your starting point. And so... You know, to, to ask the question, what do you need me to understand, is really the right question for all of us to ask. And as we understand that, we bring other investors to the table. So we think about how healthcare gets a return on investment when this problem is solved, how businesses get a return on investment when their employees aren't food insecure, regardless of what we can do with all the various policies that have to consider that, whether it's minimum wages or how benefits roll in and out, it all starts with the question, what do we need to understand to really solve the problem? Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, 
I think too often people with the best of intentions and people with the best of intentions in government have come in with this message of, I'm here to help you, you need help, and I'm going to help you. Mm. And it comes from a good place, but it's very disempowering for people. And um, it doesn't recognize the strengths that people have and the extraordinary strengths that actually people, people who are poor, people who are struggling with hunger, like they bring incredible, um, incredible power to extraordinarily challenging circumstances. And we have to see that and find avenues for that power. And I loved your framing around investing in those people. And I think that that is about um, government uh, working with community partners, working with the religious organizations as a force for empowerment. And that's what we need to be. And that begins with listening and begins with hearing what people need and what they want for themselves and being an agent of supporting that, not, not dictating to them what we think they need. And it has to be part of how you got here. I mean, just already hearing the things you've said in the framework you're already building, this isn't your first time at this conversation. So tell us a little bit about what got you here. How did, how did this place become the place where you say, you know what, here's where I want to invest my next handful of life? Yeah, I mean, some of my, my best early experiences were, were working closely with communities. So I, I, um, I was involved in setting up the AmeriCorps National Service Program, which works with community groups and religious groups to engage young people in service very locally based service. Hugely important program. And then later on I worked um, I worked representing kids in foster care um, and saw firsthand um, both the, the, the tragedy and the resiliency of families and children in, in points of crisis um, and was so moved at that time by the work that the social workers and the caseworkers and all the folks I worked with who um, have incredibly hard jobs and how hard they work and how much they strive to serve um, and then I got into other parts of government where I was very far away, actually, and became someone who was lost in the numbers and the spreadsheets. And I think that's an important part of a perspective, and I do bring those those tools of being able to, to do the numbers work, but I see it as, as, I see needing to work from both sides, both the high-level analysis, but also the human dimension, and those are equally important. You can't have one without the other. And so, um, you know, I worked in the Obama administration for four years as a budget guy. And, and when, um, when I had the chance to come work for Governor Whitmer, um, you know, it really, it meant coming to a new place and moving my family. And there is a lot of challenge in that for me and for my kids, actually. But, um, but it was an opportunity to serve like I really had never had. And, and I thought I couldn't, I couldn't say no. Let's pause just a moment and take a break. We'll be right back with Director Gordon, Jerry Brisson, and me, Dr. Phil Knight. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. We're back with Director Robert Gordon from the Department of Health and Human Services for the state of Michigan. Well, my mentor said, you know, to really lead, you needed three qualifications. You should have the mind of a scholar, the heart of a shepherd, but you better have the hide of a rhinoceros. <laughs> well, I got one out of the three, but I think you got all three. <laughs> so, my wife, my wife sure doesn't think so, but um, but I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So you can definitely hear the heart. Yeah. Hear the heart of a leader uh, that wants to make things better. And I love what Jerry says too. He's taught me that. 
that the people that we serve um, aren't just needy. They're people that are worthy of us investing our, not just our food and our, 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 our money, our time, our treasure, but really investing our one handful of life and helping them be able to solve a lot of the challenges that they might have in their own. And I believe that. I believe they are absolutely worth my one handful of life. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. And so we got a lot of work to do to make that happen. And I think, because I think often we just make it hard on folks. I think we make it hard to come talking about food. And, you know, we, our department runs the SNAP program. So food, most important food benefits we got. And, um, right. and we just make it tough. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of paperwork, and I don't think it's intentional. There's, you know, the program's complicated, but there's kind of it's. Um, I don't know what the metaphor is. It's like a, there's a an accumulation of rules and regulations and requirements, and they pile on top of each other, and they make for more complexity and they make for more challenge in people's lives. And um, folks in communities feel it. In fact, our caseworkers feel it. I travel around the yeah. state. I talk to folks yeah. who it's their jobs, and they're like, "Why? Why am I having to do this? I got to type the same thing in for the fourth time." I don't want to do that. It doesn't help anybody, and it's not why I took this job. And so we got a lot of work to do, but I think if we can do that, we can reduce burdens on folks and and let them spend more time with their families and less time dealing with us and more time doing what they want to do to advance their lives. Right. Exactly. You know, problems are the other side of the coin of opportunity, right? So identifying what the problems are, I think SNAP is a great program. It's really important to the people we serve. But we know that, that there are things we can always do to make it better. And so better for people, better for the system. And I think what often happens when things let, persist for a long time, which SNAP has, and, and many other programs have as well, is, is you start to get so mired into the details, you stop remembering what it was built for. Right, And so you start to, when, when we can work together to identify what are the outcomes we really want from these programs, and we can start to really say, is it accomplishing those outcomes rather than how is it, right? I mean, does it have to be this way or this way or this way? Well, let's take a step back from that and say, is it really accomplishing what we want? And I think food banking is going through a time of that reflection, too, where we're really understanding our impact better, not so much the work, how many pounds of food we distribute, but when we get that food to people, how many trade-offs does that reduce for them? Uh, do they go from five trade-offs a month to three? And, and is getting to three trade-offs enough for people to realize their own success, or do you got to get that to zero? And I mean, I know that's, I mean, we're talking about spreadsheets and numbers, but you have to really get into that kind of analysis so that you can say, we know what we're able to accomplish. Well, it's and, moving from outputs to outcomes, Exactly right? right. And that's what we hear from Director Gordon. I think that's exactly right, and uh, it's hard. It's hard because you're holding yourself accountable for something different and something you have less control over, in fairness. But it's what we all want. None of us got into this work so we could say, I turned the crank a hundred times. We got into right. it so we could say we helped a hundred people. Yeah. And that's, that's the difference. Well, we're at Mackinac, and uh, the conversations are many and plentiful here, and it's good conversations. Uh, but when you talk about early childhood education, we had a great session on that earlier in the week. You know, we're thinking, okay, what would uh, the philosophy of food first be and the impact it would have on early childhood education if we were really able to create a food secure home that had food secure kids? Well, um, 
you know, there's amazing research on this where they looked at the rollout of the SNAP program in its early years. I think it's either SNAP or, or, or school lunches, but I think it's SNAP. Right. And they found, so they were able to study, you know, the, the families that got SNAP versus ones who got it a year or two later. And, and, and the food benefits had an impact on people's whole lives. Yeah. Right. Had an impact on their educational outcomes. They had an impact, I think, on later earnings. Like right. 20 years later, you saw the results of having those benefits. So I think when we talk about um, that's results, right. that's, fighting, that's fighting poverty, that's creating opportunity. So I think um, I do think it matters for early childhood. I think it matters for middle childhood and, and later childhood also. It's, right. it's really important. Well, we've had a couple of guests um, on the show um, from higher education that were wrestling with food, their students wrestling with food insecurity, you know, and the great emphasis on early childhood education. And I'm like, yes, food first. Put it there. Let's, let's just accept Abraham Maslow at his word. <laughs> yeah. Also, all the way to college students that are struggling yeah. with it as well. And if you can't learn by third grade, reading levels by third grade as a child, that doesn't mean that you're going to do any better as you get older. Yeah. So that whole emphasis about the concept of creating a food-secure state, a food-secure community, a food-secure family. And as Jerry says, what is it about a food-secure student? You can't have a food-secure student unless you have a food-secure household. And so even as we're working with the Michigan Department of Education, which we are in, in many different ways, and, and trying to really take a look at um, how can we use every dollar in the best possible way to serve those families? And, and I know they're doing that all the time, but I think that's, again, as we continue to reframe our work in these partnerships that we have with state government, we're really interested in not just more money, but how do we use every dollar best? Hmm. And that's not about us. Using every dollar best is not about food banks. It's about the community, and it's about the kids, and it's about their households, and it's about what does it really take to accelerate everything. And so we believe, which is why we say Food First, that food security amplifies every other success. If you want to impact reading and you try to do it in a food-insecure household, you're going to be less successful. But you're spending money on that reading program, and some of that money is being wasted because we're not addressing one of the core things that that student needs in order to be successful. So that's complicated. We know that that's hard work, but that's the work we have to be about if we're going to see solutions. 100% agree, and it's, it's about educational success. Um, you know, I, I lead a health department. It's also about health, long-term yeah. health. And, you know, you talk, I just at, at this conference have been talking to folks from health plans and folks from hospitals, and some of the most exciting work that they are starting to do is about helping people before they get to the doctor with more access to food, yep. more access to healthy food. Um, and they see effects in people having fewer doctor's visits or fewer emergency room visits. So it's an example of an investment that we make, and it costs some money, but it saves so much in the long term. I'm glad you're hearing that, though. That means that the work is being done, and, and it's so important, and it affects us all. And, I mean, you know, I, I'm... You know, obviously, anything we can do to advance that conversation, and I mean, obviously, we're just one piece of it. But uh, but getting smart people together to really talk about how do we? I mean, if you care about the people you're serving, this is the right stuff. Well, I'll get you two together and I'll buy lunch because y'all are the two <laughs> smart ones. I don't know about that, but it's it's a great conversation to be having. Yeah. It's good. Now, yeah. A lot of synergy here, and uh, 
So welcome to Michigan as, again, and uh, thank you for your life of service. And uh, we look forward to greater things doing, working together to create a food secure Michigan. But thanks for all that both of you do, and thank you for having me on the show. Jerry and I will be back in just a moment. You're listening to Food First Michigan. Welcome back, Jerry. That's We're wrapping up our first Food First Michigan show. You know, from the monologue going forward, this really sets the tone for what we're trying to do. We have Rachel Hurst from Kroger, uh, a huge corporate, uh, you know, responsible entity that's working with us all over the country and particularly here in Michigan. And then and then uh, uh, Director Gordon, who is really an advocate for what it takes for families. And I think we're we're starting the tone in the right way to say we are creating a movement now where we want to move this to the next level of excitement the next level of engagement and most importantly the next level of impact and we've got some you know really really good guests coming up too so we're looking forward to some great shows but also to continue to highlight the significance and importance of putting food first michigan Food first. That's it. Well, we're changing more than the conversation here. And that was the the role and the purpose, the objective, if you will, of Food for Thought that we did for about two and a half years and garnered two awards. Now it's time to rebrand. It's time to really say we have to put this changing the conversation into action. Because if all we're going to do is talk, then that's you and I aren't aren't going to be involved in that very long. Well, that's right, because we don't get any pleasure from just talking about this. We only derive joy when families are helped, when the community improves, and when we're able to see success come from our work. And, of course, we've been able to see some success. Our food insecurity rate in Michigan has dropped. It dropped from 16% to 14%. Right. Right? And so, now, did the economy have a role to play? Eh, No question, right? A little bit. No question. Uh, And we know that the cyclical nature of the economy means we'll have challenges ahead. But nonetheless, if we hadn't been able to maintain and then grow our work, the drop wouldn't be as much and the safety net wouldn't be as good. And so we continue to get solutions to put food first for families in Michigan. Well, it's just amazing that, you know, the the concept of it seems so simple, but yet is rooted in such great research beginning with, you know, as we talk about a lot on the show, Abraham Maslow, but but really every theory of social evolution, every theory of, of human development attaches itself at some point to Abraham's Maslow's hierarchy of need. And there's just no way to argue around the pyramid of need and that food first really is its proper place. Well, and even before that, centuries before that, as every major religion in the world was formed, they made feeding hungry people a a religious imperative. It has been a priority for as long as people have understood people. And there's a reason for that, right? Food first has deep, deep roots. And so now let's see that actually happen. And I know that one of the things that you've talked about, Phil, a number of times is the value food communicates and that it says more about us as a society than it does about the people that need help when we don't provide that assistance when it's needed. Well, I think that's true. I think food does communicate value 
And uh, that's why we want to do our best. We don't want to do the least. And I think that a, a, a major misunderstanding about this work that we're changing the conversation about is who's hungry and why do they need help and how much help do they need and for how long. And so we have a nice lineup today uh, with Rachel Hurst and Director Gordon giving their handful of life to this issue in the ways that they're doing it. We are going to see more of this as we go through the next year or so, uh, as we continue to build this movement, as we continue to build results and the excitement and the will that it's going to take to put Food First Michigan. Here's a little time for Food for Thought. There's two things I want you to grasp from this show today. Number one, whether you are an employer, nonprofit executive, involved in education, the criminal court, early childhood, senior programs, or anything in between, if food security is on your radar and you address it, you will succeed at a higher level. We can help you do this with your people in an uplifting way. Number two, The fact is, you can't create food security without us, the Food Bank Council of Michigan and our network of Feeding America food banks. So contact us. Let us help design a turnkey solution for the food insecurity challenge that is holding you and your people back from higher returns and a more stable, empowered, healthier life. If you missed parts of our first show, catch it at foodfirstmichigan.org. That's foodfirstmi.org. And until next week, remember, it really is food first, folks. Food first. Hey, be careful to join us next week when our guests will be Carl Benarski from Michigan Farm Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan, Senator Pete McGregor, Representative Angela Whitworth, and Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, right here on Food First Michigan. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.